you woke up this morning, it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day. So get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. And if you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. And if you woke up exhausted, it's still a good day. Because you woke up, so get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our backyard to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we explore the wonderful world of tiki and tiki drinks, taste a tiki-inspired cocktail, which is a holdover from last episode, actually, and learn about the history of tiki bars. So, sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. Andrea, what was the first tiki bar you ever went to? Uh, wow. Um, hmm. I have to think. Because I know you've been to several. Yeah. Are you, like, in my adult life or in general? Um, like the first one you went to that you could actually imbibe alcohol legally. Oh, okay. That one would probably be, I think I went to a tiki, a tiki place at a casino with my dad in Reno. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it, That's but okay. I went there. It was years ago. Yeah. A long time ago. See, the first one I ever went to was, was Psycho Susie's. Really? And I love Psycho Oh, Susie's. that's where you were going with this. Yeah. Gotcha. And I, because I went, like, I went with their old location when it was much smaller and yeah. they weren't right on the river. Um, and for those of you who don't know anything about Psycho Susie's, go. It's fun. Or just, if you have a tiki bar or a tiki styled bar in or your area. Or if you have a home tiki bar and you list it on Critiki, invite us over and we'll record the podcast am, in your tiki bar. I am still flabbergasted by the fact that exists. So please explain Critiki. All right. So, um, so there is a community of tiki fans who make tiki bars in their homes and they invite other tiki lovers if they would like to come over and experience their tiki their home tiki bars so is there like a membership is there vetting Uh, i mean i guess like you have to contact the people to know where these tiki bars are. So like, there's not a list of like Bob and Sharon's home with one, two, three, four alphabet right, lane. Exactly. Like okay. it, the the list is basically like um you know like the Mermaid Lounge in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. You know it doesn't actually say where specifically they are. It just says like okay generally where the bar is. And there actually is a like home tiki bar convention that is jet that travel. I think it travels. Where they try to pick a place that has several home tiki bars in the area oh. so that you can go and tour those tiki bars. As part of the convention. Yeah. It was like the week before we were in Portland. Ah, because I was about to say, have you been to this yeah, convention? Yeah, I, like, I was like, I wish. No, it was the week before we were in Portland. Uh, speaking of tiki, the drink, once again, that we are drinking is a Lyford K Rum Dum batch version. 
um, which is lemon juice, simple syrup, water, and egg white. Those four ingredients are the key ingredients in a sour mix. Mm -hmm. You then, to that sour mix, add light rum, blend, and put that over ice. Yep. And then with that mixture, you float dark rum on the top of it. And it's delicious. It is absolutely delicious. And we're going to have the same, uh, we're going to have just the same, um, like, recipe link. Uh, in the uh, in the description on this because it's the same one we had last episode mm-hmm. uh, because we do these two at a time sometimes sometimes more but we yeah. we didn't need me to be pounding drinks in the no. couple hours that we had to record this week yeah so uh, Aaron Psycho Susie's is great Psycho Susie's mm-hmm. has a good happy hour they make really good tater tots yep and they like they make really good tiki drinks too. they make really good tiki drinks. Um, I miss Donnie Dirk's Zombie Den. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was. So Psycho Susie's, uh, the owners of Psycho Susie's are also known for their other side projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have several in the Twin Cities area. Yeah. Um, Donnie Dirk's was a, was a actual, actually fairly long lived side project, uh, mm-hmm. sidebar project where it was a zombie themed bar. Yep. Um, where they would show like horror films and you could get like zombie themed cocktails and, and it wasn't huge. It wasn't big and you could get food delivered from Psycho Susie's. Yeah. While you were there. But there was no on-site kitchen. No, no on- on-site kitchen while you that were there. That was definitely designed think, to be a bar. Right. And I think that might have been one of the things that played into it. Also, mm-hmm. the location kind of played into it a little bit too. Kind of parking was terrible. Right. And it was kind of hard to find. Yeah, it is. It's. The, and I think somebody mm-hmm. got really mad that they painted the outside of that that neon green for a while. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and they also uh, own Betty Dangers. Yep. Supper Club, which is a another hipster restaurant slash bar located in Northeast Minneapolis, known mm-hmm. for having a Ferris wheel that you can take <laughs> drinks and food onto. It's a terrible idea. It's a wonderful it's idea. It's wonderful. It's a terrible idea for me. I, I have you been? I haven't. Oh I, no. Okay, I haven't been, but I also would not go on the Ferris wheel with food. That's true. I'm not much for heights. I wouldn't, in general. I wouldn't take my. I wouldn't take food on the Ferris wheel. Either. Is it like okay? Like how high is that Ferris not a, wheel? It's not a tall Ferris. Are we wheel. talking like forty feet? Yeah, probably. Okay. It's not. It's like you know, maybe like a two and a half story building, three okay. story building. It's okay. not big at all. I can accept that. I w- I'd still not bring the food and the drink Mm-mm. in there because it's just prone, like. I drop fries yeah. all the time, and the last thing I need is to drop food onto another person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't actually know if you can take food on there. I think you can. I know you can take drinks on it. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't actually know. On second on second thought, I don't think you can bring food because, like, I don't think you could, it would take, you'd be able to eat, like, food in the rotation that you have. Because it's probably not a huge amount of time. And I yeah. Don't, I don't think they have you go around many, many times it's, from every yeah. time I've heard about mm-hmm. it. No, I missed out on that place. It's um, fun. I need to go sometime soon. Yeah, I took my I took my dad there actually for Father's Day. Oh, nice. Yeah, he really enjoyed it. Betty Dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's like like tiki bars are amazing. Uh, I, like Psycho Susie's, the their original location was also it was played with terrible parking. Yeah, it was. And their new location has a lot better parking. It's still kind of a nightmare, and like you can't. Really? It still has a small lot, but it there's still has more on street parking. There's more there's it's it's you are more likely to get a parking space if you're not going there on like a really busy time like mm-hmm. weekend evening or kind of like yeah, like like anytime Friday through Sunday. Right. Um if you're going for like lunch on a Tuesday, which I have done before, 
um, it's really wide open and kind of yeah. dead. So for our listeners, Tiki is a celebration of, well, it's celebration. Uh, tiki is a bastardization of <laughs> Polynesian culture. Yes. Um, which is why it's kitsch taken to its extreme. Yeah. And there, there's, I have sort of a love-hate relationship with Tiki because, like, I hate the co-opting of, like, like Polynesian and native culture. But at the same time, I love it when you get tiki-shaped Klingon Mm -hmm. mugs or like, like, like you get... I've got a, I've got a tiki Borg cup. Yeah, like when you get tiki-inspired things, Mm -hmm. like, I love that aspect of it. I just hate the, like old school tiki yeah i mean because like the explosion of of tiki in kind of the like 40s and 50s mm-hmm. really uh it was like the the end of the 40s into the 50s and 60s that it really kind of came right. into its own um as a like a movement in cocktails right um, exactly it's, it's a lot of rums it's a lot of really sweet fruit juices and uh you know like experimenting things um we've pulled up the the contiki expedition wiki page that's right uh, which is kind of where all this stuff really started well, it's not where it all started but it is one of the places where it started so the contiki expedition was uh, a 1947 journey by thor heimdall a norwegian explorer to try to prove that um basically that like um how people in like Polynesian areas mm-hmm. could have gotten like materials from one place to another. Oh, gotcha. And so basically the idea behind it is he wanted to take a raft from one island all the way over to another across an ocean almost pretty much. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And the other the other person that was incredibly influential in everything tiki is don the beachcomber right don the beachcomber is the cocktail um is the cocktail like father of Mm -hmm. tiki culture when it comes to drinking tiki drinks uh he is one of the people that we thank for a lot of the sweet inspired drinks that we have today uh, you'll you'll actually find a, like a lot of the original like derivations of cocktails are beachcomber esque. Yeah, and it's also um, God, there's so many books mm-hmm. that the names of which are escaping me right now. And I'm actually looking at the well, links. and the um, the fun part about uh like tiki culture and tiki cocktails is tiki cocktails really encourage exploration and an experimentation. Yeah. With with drink making, and they also encourage you to like brand your drinks. Mm-hmm. So like nobody in tiki culture, like there are a lot of people in tiki culture that like will make drinks but not share their rep- recipes, mm-hmm. or they'll they'll share recipes that are slightly off, yeah, of what mm-hmm. they actually are. So they'll get similar, but they, you can never get the right flavor exactly. unless you go to their bar. Where they make these things. Exactly, yeah. Um, the, so you have, like, Don the Beachcomber, you have Khan Tiki. The other place that you get a lot of Tiki things from, too, are, like, like basically, I mean, sailing. Like, um, mm-hmm. so, like, uh, an, a lot, some of the, uh, some of the Tiki-inspired drinks that you'll see are, like, grogs. Yep. And uh, a grog is, well, okay. <laughs> so, if you ask somebody that's in the Navy... 
and uh, what a grog is, they will laugh at you. Why? Well, Google it. I'm working on that. Perfect. Um, in, in Tiki culture, like a grog is a cocktail made of a bunch of different things. Oh, grog is officially uh, rum mixed with water. Right, exactly. But uh, beyond that, like, uh, there are sailors that will just say grog is whatever alcohol we found, put together, and made you drink. There's also a subversion that is crushed, unglazed pottery or brick used as an additive in plaster or clay. I don't think that's what we were talking about. No, I don't think that's what we were talking about at all. But yeah, no, grog is, yeah, grog is just watered down rum and or spirits. That is not a delicious cocktail of wonder. Yeah, I'm thinking more of Navy Grog, which is a classic TV tiki drink, mm-hmm. which is like rum and citrus and stuff that's definitely been, um, you know, wa- uh, watered down for sure. Um, but I also, uh, I was talking about Grog with some people, or actually now that I think about it, they were probably just making fun of me. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, cause I can't find anything anymore on it. Um, I had thought that, that grogs were like, like basically a bunch of ingredients that you mix together, but hmm. it seems like they're actually, uh, you know, just a rum based tiki drink. That's all I'm getting. Perfect. But that's okay. We're here to learn. We're here to learn on Travel by Proxy. That's what we do. And we drink tiki drinks. We drink we, tiki drinks. We've drank a lot of tiki drinks we on have. this. Well, it's because I really like tiki drinks. You do. You have your plans for your own home tiki bar at some point. Yes. Hey, speaking of tiki bars, uh, if you are in Las Vegas, uh, there are two really great tiki bars. Let's hear them. Um, the one to go to that's the dive tiki bar is Frankie's Tiki Room. Okay. It's smaller than the other tiki bar, the golden tiki that people like to go to. Mm-hmm. But Frankie's Tiki Room is like a small tiny little tiki bar um and <laughs> it is it's it's really actually fun too oh god yeah okay if we can say some of these on the air no you can't uh but you there are probably some that you can say uh the frankenstein yeah there you go the tiki bandit yeah which looks like a slot machine with a tiki face on it I don't know how to pronounce it. The, the Lava Lech, a lecherous concoction made with demon rum, brandy, raspberry liqueur, and ginger beer. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah, so like... All right, that sounds tasty. Mm-hmm. See, like, um, I think we I think we talked about this before, but I have a, I have a One-Eyed Willie glass from Psycho Susie's that's like the first tiki glass that I ever purchased and brought home on my own. And I figured I would share the uh, recipe for that. And also, like, if you like Mai Tais, those are technically tiki drinks. So uh, the Golden Tiki is more of your traditional tiki bar in Las Vegas. Oh, the painkiller. And it's going to have your more classic tiki drinks. It's also going to have more of, like, that classic tiki feel where it'll have, like, the the decor. I mean, uh, Frankie's has the decor. But mm-hmm. Frankie's definitely has a Las Vegas twist on tiki mm-hmm. and wouldn't you say by looking at the the drink menu on on frankie's yeah. yeah whereas this is a lot more of your like your classic tiki bar yeah um 
But they're both really excellent tiki bars to visit if you're ever... They're all also off strip, so you have to, like, take a lift or mm-hmm. drive to them. I would not drive to them because their drinks are very, very strong. Yeah. As, anytime you see overproof rum, because, like, Bacardi really stopped making 151. They did. Um, but there are still a lot of other companies that make overproof rum, which gets up to 151 proof. Um, but it's... To be fair, they're better. <laughs> Um, what Bacardi 151 was kind of that novelty that was very much like, it's a lot of booze. It's so much more alcoholic than your average thing. And it didn't taste very good. I, I did. Did you see the thing at the bottom though on Golden Tiki? Oh, the captain's shots. No, the treasure the, chest. The treasure chest. Read the treasure chest. Take the epic Tiki voyage with Captain Faulkner's treasure chest. Any two premium bottles of your choice in ch- includes two mixers of your choice per bottle. Price $999. Yep. Holy God. That is bottle service at a Tiki bar. Bottle service at a Tiki bar is something I never thought I'd actually hear. <laughs> so let's go to something that is like $12 for it. And for, it's the right. one-eyed willy back to uh, Psycho I'm sorry. Season. That's okay. I needed to. I needed the time to get it back up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this salty dog is dangerous and deadly potion. Uh, dark Jamaican rum, house made falernum, orange pineapple, uh, fresh lime, and one fifty one overproofed rum. circa nineteen sixty two is the one eyed willy. Uh, they actually have the years that each of these drinks was originally that is published. so cool. And so, like the Psycho Susie was uh, circa 2008 that they made on their own. Uh, they've added a, a virgin cockatiel, which is from 2016. It's a virgin, oh, nice. vir- virgin version of a tiki drink. I'm trying to find the oldest one. Ooh, the Siren's Call from 1950. That may... Oh, nope. The Mai Tai from 1944 is our winner. If you've never had a Mai Tai, it nice. is a uh, f- uh, fresh-squeezed lime, amber rum, house-made, or joe. Uh, Curacao and dark Jamaican rum float, uh, garnished with mint and love. Aww. The Mai Tais there are actually really, really tasty. I had so many Mai Tais on my cruise because they were like the drink of the day pretty much every day. So they're only eight bucks uh, per drink instead of the usual like 12 to 14 Mm -hmm. for all the cocktails that were existing on the cruise because it's a cruise and you're You're paying more for drinks. That's kind of how cruises work. But that's okay. Because the Mai Tais were super tasty. I love tiki cocktails. We all do. Hey, Aaron, mm-hmm. there is a website that lets you, um, that kind of unites tiki uh, book recipes. Okay. Now, I mean, we've talked about Mixel in the past. Yeah. Um, M-I-X-E-L. It's a great app. Yes. If you want, if you want cocktails and you want cocktail recipes, that is the app that I think we can say Travel by Proxy officially recommends. And you can also pick up Smuggler's Cove. Right. That is a book. You can get it on Amazon. It's great. Oh my god, the Grogalizer. Right. So there is a website called the Grogalizer. It uh I don't Okay, so if you're really into tiki, this is a difficult website to work with, but it's a cool website. So what it does is you can in order for the Grogalizer to work, you have to tell it what books you own. Oh, wow. And then what it'll do is you can look up drink recipes based on the books you own. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it uh, says the, the recipes from the books are not on the site, only page numbers for the recipes. So it 
it literally says we encourage you to support the authors who have worked hard to bring you these classics. Um, so it you have to say which books you have in your library, mm-hmm. and then it'll tell you this is what you've got, this is what page number this drink is that you should be able to make right, with exactly. what you have in hand. So it's a fantastic website if you are like a collector of drink recipe books, mm-hmm. um, especially tiki drinks. Yeah. Um, I'm I don't own any tiki cocktail books yet. You don't? No. Are you because, serious? Because I own Mixel. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a millennial. It's but I I I more made the assumption that you did because I know you do like physical things that you hold in your hand right. sometimes. But at the same time, I'm also millennial, and when it comes to wow, that sounded so whiny. <laughs> My Instagram won't load. <laughs> Somebody actually did that at work once, and I'm sorry that that just came up, uh, and I just had to call that person out, and they know who they are, and they might listen to this episode, and if not, we're all going to laugh at them. But yes, that is a, that is a thing. Every time somebody talks about whining, whining millennials, that is what I hear in my oh, head. No. <laughs> but I mean, okay, so I, I don't own it. I, the, what I actually mean to say is, as I don't own any tiki books mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, I I own like I own Kontiki, and we own like a bunch of drink recipe books. Mm-hmm. We don't own any tiki specific books because mm. I I hadn't really I haven't really had the desire to buy them. I can accept that. That makes sense because it for me like there's other things to purchase. Yeah, you gotta you know you gotta fix up your house. You gotta get car repairs done. Everything costs money. Yeah. And you can't always spend 60 bucks on a book. I also have to upgrade our uh, streaming computer. Yes. I mean, not streaming, but a uh, recording computer. Yeah. So the spare bedroom studio will have an actual desktop computer instead Ooh, of a laptop. Dedicated. Yes. Oh, excuse me. So that we're not both trying to look at a tiny little laptop screen while you record and actually looking at a beautiful uh, either 27 or 32 inch display. Nice. That'll be wonderful. Slowly, we will build. We will build our empire. Yes, with tiki drinks. Yes, and lots and lots of whiskey <laughs> and rum. With rums and whiskeys. Not much gin. We haven't. We have not done much you with know, gin. I feel like. I feel like. Uh, Do you have the same thing? Because I my yeah. issue with Jim is with Jim. <laughs> yeah, Jim. No, that guy. My issue Jim. With, my issue with gin <laughs> is juniper berries is like the the main component. <laughs> Don't just sit there and lose your mind laughing at me, Andrea. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Issue with Jim. <laughs> Here's my issue with Jim. No, my problem with with Jin. It's because he's so mean to Dwight. <laughs> he put everything he owned in Jello. Have you have you ever have you ever actually? No, I'm sorry. I'm going to digress on your Jin comment right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, but have you ever actually taken the time to empathize with the other characters in a TV show? Like, the ones that you're supposed to hate? The ones that you're supposed to hate. Like, have you ever Ooh. tried to empathize with Dwight in The Office? Like, watch an episode of The Office and try, especially, like, early on. Because later try, on, they, yeah, later on like, they actually do a really good job of making you empathize with it's Dwight. It's the early part where he's, but, supposed, to be, he's supposed to be the right. kind of bumbling idiot that exactly. everyone hates. Try early on empathizing with Dwight and just realize how mean 
everybody is to him and how much of an asshole Jim is. I mean, I can get that, but it's like, it's still kind of deserved for the just right, general yeah. Dwightness mm-hmm. of Dwight. Right, exactly. But anyway, I don't <laughs> like gin. Gin as a as a cocktail as a like cocktail addition and or beverage on its own, right? Spirit on its own. It I had a really bad experience when I was fifteen, and that's a terrible thing to say on a podcast that we're recording. Thirty seven. What are they gonna do? That's you true. can't charge me with underage drinking twenty years after the fact. Yeah. So we anyway, don't actually condone or no, sanction underage drinking. We do not condone or sanction it. Just how I lived. I I had like I had access to gin. We ran out of everything else, and I just mixed gin and orange juice, which you really shouldn't Ugh, do, why? because that's what I had. And I'd honestly been drinking Malibu and orange juice the entire time. Yeah, look at me. Yes, it give me the eye. Give me the I drank fruity coconut rum and orange juice eye. I drank, uh, I drank triple sex. So I was fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it I really did it came when down. I was fifteen. Though I well, did yeah. it when I was like nineteen because just, like, I straight triple sex. Yeah, but that was all. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, no. I followed the rules <laughs> until I was nineteen. <laughs> you got closer than I did to like legal drinking age before you started. Yeah. Either way, I um. Like, I started super early, but we had this, like, bottle of gin that, like, somebody got, and no one knows why. And it was really, I think it was really crappy bottom shelf gin, and it just smelled like pine sap, and it tasted like you're eating a tree. Oh, yeah. I tried that in college. Yeah, and so it was just orange juice with pine. It tasted like I I was drinking orange pine salt. It was terrible. I think I also took put way too much gin in that I'm cup. so sorry. But it's like ever since then, it's just everyone's like, oh, do you want to do gin? No, not really. Like, but see, I, I, I actually, I don't mind gin cocktails. Like I like, our, I like mm-hmm. gin fizzes. I like, I, I don't mind a gin and tonic occasionally. When I did. They're just not my go-to. My dad started making gin martinis with Bombay Sapphire, which is okay. a really good gin. And it doesn't have the overpowering like juniper scent. So it doesn't taste like a juniper tree, and it just kind of mildly smells like a like a mm-hmm. fir forest. Um, but it's still something that has a vi- like gives me a visceral visceral reaction. Yeah, exactly. It's annoying. No, I get that. I get that completely. But I think we should experiment a little bit more. Yeah, I think we should some, too. We should maybe get pick some up Fords or some sort of mid range. We should pick up a local gin. Yeah. Oh, we could do a Norseman, yeah. Norseman or Tattersall. They make mm-hmm. gins. Yeah, we've talked about them on the podcast. Oh, have we done? Uh, have we done what bent? Bent. Yeah, have we, we have done not, no, bent we or we done bent uh, or is it bang? Which one's the one that's the brustillery? Uh, I think it's bent. Okay, no, it's bang. Oh no, bang! I'm thinking of bent paddle. You're thinking of bent paddle. That's, a, that's just yeah. a brewery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to try that. Absolutely. So anyway, wrapping up our uh, tiki so, episode uh, because it's a place we've both been to. We should invoke the, the completely arbitrary, arbitrary re- review scale. Can you say that again without slurring your word? Completely arbitrary review scale. Thank you. Uh, for those of you that are new to this, uh, the completely arbitrary review scale is where we review a place based on the thing that we liked about it and the thing that would keep us going back to mm-hmm. it. Um, because we don't believe in ever saying something negative about a place. I mean, we do sometimes say negative things, but we never <laughs> actually believe in 
putting a place down completely because we yeah. believe that anytime we talk about a thing, it's positive. Yeah. All right. So what would make you go back to Psycho Susie's? Um, it's always going to come back to the tiki drinks there. It's the tiki drinks, the decor. It's it's literally just the complete ambiance of the place. The patio. Yeah. For me, it's the patio mm-hmm. and the cocktails. Like, they make really good cocktails. My Like, when you go to Psycho Susie's, if you've never been, look at the floor. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but look at the floor because their carpet downstairs looks like planks. It's designed true, yeah. to look like a wooden plank floor. And it is carpet squares, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. We've had so many good times there. Have you had good times at a tiki place? If so, um, reach out to us. Leave a comment on our Facebook page or contact us by emailing fans at travelbyproxy.com. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we wish you Walking a look you out your window. Moving peace stones and your rearranging all that you find Now we're talking about things and places all the names and the faces of all the people that you love